Are you looking for a better way to create your dream life? How to create wealth so you can enjoy your hobbies, friends, and family even more? Then this podcast is for you. We're Chris and Paul, and we're on a mission to help regular women and men gain access to passive income opportunities, income opportunities that most people never even hear of. So let's start the show and create your fortune in wealth, health, and life, one step at a time. Hey everyone, today we're going to talk about how we make decisions and what influences those decisions. This is a great topic because I have a lot of personal experience with making really good decisions and then making some decisions that maybe weren't so good throughout my life and sometimes based on advice from others and then sometimes based on the research and data that I gathered and then educated myself in order to get me to a conclusion that made more sense based on the data and research, right? Versus maybe what someone told me. So <clears throat> let's dive in. I want to give you a couple of examples. Why is how we make decisions so important in our personal lives and in our investments? Well, it's really, really important because we are all so busy. And I know you can all relate to what I'm saying here. We are so busy that uh, we sometimes tend to neglect the things that are really important because we're lazy or we're busy or we think, well, that person that I'm asking or I'm following is an expert, so I'm just going to trust that. And that's a big mistake. We all have to make our own decisions. And the only way to make those decisions is to educate ourselves. And when you have a little bit more knowledge based on that education, it's powerful, right? You can apply that powerful knowledge to help uh, mitigate risk, okay? So let me give you an example. Uh, you guys are all familiar with the whole Bernie Madoff thing, right? And then you're familiar with the stock market. You're familiar with retirement plans. So why did that happen? Why did so many people potentially lose money? Although I've heard that they've actually been able to um, uh, retrieve about 70% of what Bernie Madoff took away. That's really good news for those investors years and years ago. But how did that happen? So Bernie had a hedge fund, right? And he began bringing investors money in. And of course, the way he was bringing money in was through relationships with people that were telling other people, hey, Bernie's got this great thing that has these huge returns and I've received payments and it's working out great. You should jump in. You don't want to miss out. And you had to have a certain amount of money to get into this exclusive circle, if you will. So it was like this fear of missing out. And that just caught fire and everybody that had high wealth, high net worth individuals were jumping in. The problem with that was that they let the fear of missing out override uh, any sort of data that would tell them that this thing actually made sense or didn't make sense, right? So let me let me give you a perspective. Bernie basically was just collecting a bunch of money, and then he was investing that money in mutual funds and stocks and things of that sort, and stating that he had these specific returns. So let's just say they were 50, 60% returns, just for argument's sake. And so what he was doing is taking money, and as he was kicking out some returns, the only way for him to do that, because he was never hitting those returns, was to just give other people that were coming in other people's money. So for example, let's say you invested in January, uh, and then somebody else came and invested in July. Well, the folks in July were actually getting the January folks' money. Not all of it, but some of it. And then Bernie was living this extravagant lifestyle. Now, Bernie was investing some money, but his investments weren't paying off, not near what he was saying. As a matter of fact, he was losing money in most cases. And then what he was doing to offset 
the skepticism, if you will, was he was doctoring all the financials. So he was sharing these financials with people that they were reading on the surface and thinking, well, yeah, this makes sense. I see the returns, I see the numbers, and it all makes sense. And then so-and-so is getting payments, so it must be good, right? But not a single person actually dove into those financials to see if they made sense, to see if there was any holes in it, right? I am familiar with this process because I dig into all of the invoices that we have from the contractor. I dig into the financials. I dig into bills. And sometimes I'll find mistakes. And those mistakes are human errors, right? And you can identify those things. And sometimes the people that are sharing those invoices with you are not even paying attention to even acknowledge that there was a mistake. You have to catch it. We caught contractors one time fudging their numbers. And we knew based on the work they were doing that the numbers were wrong. So we went back and we put cameras in. And sure enough, we caught them trying to milk us for double the labor that they quoted. And they weren't there literally after they told us, oh, yeah, we've worked 68 hours. We made them give us a time. It was 68 hours. And we come to find out they had worked like 28 or 30 hours on the cameras, physically there, caught, right? Saved us thousands and thousands of dollars because we dug in. We were reviewing the data. It would have been easy just because they were kind of in budget to say, well, yeah, that makes sense. We'll take that. But we just felt the work was a little less than the quality we expected. And we just decided to dig in a little bit more. So what I'm telling you, the lesson to be learned here is you have to dig into the data, right? You got to understand it. You've got to vet the process. You've got to talk to other people that have done business with them and really truly try to understand how the numbers are being hit. But this isn't like anything else that you might invest in or that you might shop or buy. I'll give you an example. Let's say you're shopping on Amazon and you see a product and you're like, oh man, Amazon can get me this thing in 24 hours. And you look at the price and it's $20. Well, if you shop around, you might find that the price is actually less than Amazon. You can find it for $16, $18, $17. $18. But then you also got to look at, do you have a prime membership and do you get free freight? Well, that factors in if you buy a lot from them, because then eventually your freight gets down to almost zero, if not really, really low, versus if you only ship every once in a while, well, that prime has to be factored into the cost of your freight. And so you end up paying more with Amazon. And contrary to popular belief, you think you're getting the best deal. That's not the case. I had an instance just recently where my own doctor who's amazing, by the way, wanted me to get on a specific vitamin. So he sent me to this online pharmacy. He said, yeah, it's great. You get a discount. I said, wonderful. So I went on and I ordered, got onto the portal. I logged in. I did the whole thing. And I looked and I saw a 5% discount. Great. So I looked at the vitamins and I was like, oh, it seems like a kind of common vitamin. And I decided, you know, I'm just going to start shopping. So I started shopping all over online. And sure enough, even with his discount, I found that vitamin through, I'm going to use Amazon as an example, Amazon. And because I have a Prime membership, I paid no freight. And the net net difference landed to my door with freight versus my pharmacy online through my doctor was a 28% difference. And most of that was in the freight. But I order so much on Amazon that I pay very little freight. So it made a lot of sense. But you see, you can't just trust what someone's telling you. It's not that they're trying to deceive you necessarily, like a Bernie Madoff, but there's proof in the data. You have to dig in a little bit. Now, it took me 10 minutes of my time to go and save 28% on those vitamins, right? And if you multiply that by, 
you know, four times a month, it could save you an awful lot of money. Okay. So the point I'm making here is not to compare vitamins and doctors to Bernie Madoff, but it is that the common denominator in why people get hoodwinked or why they lose money and are not able to maximize the money they make is because they don't take enough time to dig in. I'm telling you folks, look, if you just spend a little bit of time researching, whether you're investing in multifamily real estate, hedge funds, stock market, you know, you name it, or you're buying vitamins online, it will pay massive dividends if you just take a few minutes and research. And I know there are a lot of people that are just like, I don't have the time or I don't care. It's not worth it. It is worth it because if you build this habit into your mindset, you will find that more often than not, you will save money. You'll save time. You'll get far more efficient. And pretty soon you'll start seeing more uh, inefficiencies in the way you live your life. And that will save you time and money. This podcast is sponsored by Sterling Rhino Capital. Are you sick of the stock market volatility and looking for something more stable and less emotional to invest in? Have you always wanted to be a real estate investor, but don't have the time or desire to be a landlord? Do you want to build a portfolio of commercial real estate assets, grow your net worth, and increase your income without having to trade your time for it? Sterling Rhino Capital provides opportunities to everyday hardworking people just like you to invest in private commercial real estate assets and make all of this possible. Become a partner and join the Sterling Rhino Capital Investor Club to get access to these exclusive deals. Text the word RHINO to 66866 to learn more. That's text the word RHINO, R-H-I-N-O to 66866 to learn more. So let's go back to the Bernie Madoff thing real quick. The Bernie Madoff thing was crazy because it just created a frenzy, right? And I mean, I know people that actually lost millions of dollars with Bernie Madoff. And they said, man, I knew somebody who was in there and I looked at the reports and I saw the numbers and they were getting distributions. And I thought this just made sense. And I said, but, but what made you trust so much? And they said, it was because I knew somebody who had done it. And it looked like it made sense because I had heard of other hedge funds that were making larger returns and you just had to be part of the inside group to get in there. And I said, yeah, but what made you so special just because you knew somebody? And he said, no, I know. I just got caught up in the frenzy. That particular guy lost $1.2 million and he was driving an Uber, driving an Uber in his 70s because he blew most of his retirement with Bernie Madoff. Why am I telling you that? I'm telling you that because you got to take a little bit of time, right? For example, we do multifamily syndications. And I always tell people, like, look, when you invest in multifamily syndications, you want to look at the financials, but you're probably not going to understand a lot of the financials because it's pretty complicated. What you can bank on, though, is that like real estate is a tangible asset. So if you just dig in a little bit and look at historical data and look at these assets that are being built, these buildings that are being built, you know there's a certain amount of value there. The question is, are you gonna hit the numbers that are projected? Well, if not, if you don't hit the numbers that are actually projected, it's very likely you're still going to get a decent return because it's a tangible asset based on people living in that asset and paying rent. And you know with supply and demand and the housing issues that that's very likely that you're gonna have some success in that space. Whereas like in the Bernie Madoff thing, you threw your money in with one individual who was really not regulated until the whistle got blown and was doing whatever he wanted with that money. Again, little oversight whatsoever with some fake financials that were doctored. And that was it. 
And everyone was trusting that. It wasn't like Bernie was actually buying or building buildings, right? It wasn't like it was a New York Stock Exchange Fortune 500 company that was being traded that you knew, let's say a Chipotle or a Amazon or a Walmart or something where you're like, oh yeah, they're not going anywhere for the most part. And that's what's so scary is people just get caught up in that, right? So I'm going to encourage you, no matter what you do, to not let others influence you to the extent that you take unmeasured risks, right? Unnecessary risk. And that you take the advice of others with a grain of salt and you use that advice and extrapolate or draw out whatever piece of that advice suits you and use it to take you down a rabbit hole to learn more, right? Example, someone refers a real estate syndicator to you and says, man, I do business. These guys are great. Cool. Some of the key questions you should be asking is, how long have they been in business? How many deals have you done with them? Tell me why you like them so much. You know, what is it about them that makes you feel comfortable, right? And then do you know anyone else in this space that does this type of business as well? So not only that, but you get multiple referrals, not just from investors and other syndicators, but you also vet the process online. You start digging into what a syndication is, what is multifamily investing and so on and so forth. I'm going to give you another example here. And this one drives me crazy. I just had this happen the other day with somebody. They were looking at putting a considerable amount of money in a deal and they went to their financial advisor and the financial advisor said, well, I wouldn't do that because interest rates are high right now and I would just wait until interest rates drop. Now, the reason that drives me nuts is because I guarantee you, if I asked that financial advisor, how many multifamily apartment developments have you actually invested in? He would say zero. The reason I know that is because the response he gave to him had nothing to do with multifamily developments. It had everything to do with what you see on CNN, which is, oh, interest rates are high. But the reality is that interest rates don't affect multifamily real estate, specifically development, like you might think. But you have to ask the experts. You have to vet the information. You have to do some research, right? And so I know this from personal experience because I've had many financial advisors have some pushback because most of them have their clients in mutual funds or IRAs or solo 401ks, very predictable returns, right? Generally consistent. That's what the system wants you to believe. You're not going to see near the returns you see in other asset classes, but it's very safe. It's very safe and predictable. So financial advisors love it because they know they can throw their clients in there and say, if you put $10,000 a year in or you put $20,000 a year in, here's how much money you're going to need to get to retirement. It's pretty simple math. Whereas multifamily development or syndications and things like that, they're a little less unknown to financial advisors because a lot of them are not invested in it. They don't know much about it and they don't have any control over it. Plus, Plus, a lot of them don't get paid or don't get fees, right? Or are not incentivized to advise their clients to look into it. If I were a financial advisor, I would simply say, you know, as my client, you should really be looking at all types of things. You should be looking at hard assets like gold, tangible assets. You should be looking at digital currency. You should be looking at you know software companies and startups. You should be looking at syndications and real estate. You should have a diversified portfolio. And I would never encourage anyone to put all their money in in one asset, but I would encourage them to vet the information. And then I would give them different links to different places to find information on each one of those. But they don't do that. I know because my own personal financial advisor didn't say a word about real estate. He sat me down, me and my my wife for four and a half hours. And he gave me these fancy little books that cost me like four grand by the time we were all done. And they basically said, put this amount of money in stocks in your IRA or your, your simple plan. And by, you know, 
63 years old, you'll have this amount of money to live off of. Well, I'm here to tell you three years later, I jumped into real estate and only about seven years after that, I had grown my net worth at least 10 times beyond what my financial advisor said I would do in the stock market. I grew my wealth 10 times over and it's growing exponentially and put myself in a position to retire from corporate America at 45 years old. So I'm not speaking from a position of guesswork. I'm telling you this because I've experienced it in my own life. I've seen it. I've had lots of conversations with financial advisors, CPAs, bookkeepers. As a matter of fact, we have financial advisors and CPAs and bookkeepers that invest with us once they vetted the process and learned. So I'm not telling you this to convince you to invest in real estate. I'm telling all you all of this because it's critically important in your life that you take a little bit of time out of your day and vet everything that you're doing as it relates to money. When you're spending money, when you're shopping, when you're looking to invest, it's really important to just take a little bit of time and vet the information. You'll be amazed at what you find, what kind of rocks you turn over. Even as it relates to just shopping services, calling a couple of different people and shopping. I know some of you do that. I know some of you get on the phone and maybe you're shopping for pest control. So you start calling around. And then you ask them what kind of chemicals they use and you realize everyone uses the same chemicals. So why is this person 199 and this person 149 and this person 99? So why wouldn't you do that with your investments, right? So obviously you need to know, like, and trust the people you're investing with, but you also need to understand what you're investing in. And then you have to figure out what your risk tolerance is to jumping into those investments. So are you looking to build equity and can you wait a while on cash flow? Do you need to live off the cash flow or the mailbox money now? What is it that you're looking for to help you get to your goals, right? And if the person on the other line you're talking to can kind of help you map that out a little bit, well, that's a good sign as well. Obviously, they're not looking to be a financial advisor, full disclosure. You always want to talk to your CPAs and the people that know you best, but in their space, they're probably experts. So trust but verify is what I always tell people. I hope this has been helpful for you. I know this is a lot of information, but the main goal here is just to get you to focus on how you make decisions, not just with your investments, but also how you purchase things on a daily basis. And this is coming from a guy, folks, that literally negotiated his dental work one time. I negotiated my dental work, and I think I saved like 45%. I know that sounds insane. I'll tell you the details on the story at another date, but that's just my mindset. I went to four different dentists, and one of them finally said to me, wink, wink, we're kind of a closed circle here. We all know each other, but yeah, this is the way it is. We use the same material. And I'll tell you what, I'll do it for this. And I just couldn't believe it, but it's absolutely true. So you guys can negotiate, you could dig and you can learn knowledge is power, but you got to apply it correctly. So anyways, till next time, that is how we make decisions in our lives, on our investments and on our shopping habits. Take care. If you're ready to start creating your fortune today, head over to createyourfortunepodcast.com forward slash income. When you get to the page, there are two options. Option one is for you if you're not sure exactly how the investment process works or how to get ready to be an investor. We've created a short, fast class you can sign up for that will walk you through the steps and answer questions like, what does a good investment look like? And so much more. It even includes an audio version so you can quickly learn on the go as you golf, go to your day job, 
or work out. Just think, in a couple of days, you can start listening and learning about creating your fortune and not be stuck wondering, do I even have enough to retire? And then option two is for you if you're a sophisticated or accredited investor and have money to invest, you just need to talk to us about our next investment opportunity. You can quickly schedule a call with us and we can walk you through your options on how to get dividends flowing right away. We can help you create a plan to have three to 10,000 or even more in passive income every month that's reliable, safe, and steady. Ditch the small returns and unpredictable growth. Head over to createyourfortunepodcast.com forward slash income. And let's build the life of your dreams today.